The Informed Fitness Podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial Audible membership at audibletrial.com forward slash inbound. So it's really important to think about your exercise program as something you do to build muscle. Exercise is not recreational activity. Recreational activity is things that you do in order to improve performance, not exercise. So exercising is a specific amount of time dedicated to the purpose of building muscle. And that is my definition slash informed fitness's definition of what exercise actually is. Inform Nation, thanks for joining us once again for another episode of the Inform Fitness Podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Adam Zickerman. I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network, and this is episode number 53 titled, Get Stronger for Your Sport in Record Time. No more horsing around. In this week's podcast episode, Adam Zickerman and Mike Rogers from the New York City Inform Fitness location welcome their Virginia equestrian fitness specialist. Laura Crump Anderson to discuss the importance of being strong and fit for your sport, generally and in this case, the equestrian athlete. Our guest today, Laura Crump Anderson, joined the Inform Fitness Virginia team after realizing that the Inform protocol for time efficient and safe strength training is the ideal program for the rider's extremely demanding schedule and physical requirements. Laura specializes in getting her equestrian clientele fitter for their horses without losing any time in the saddle. With only 20 minutes once a week of hard work and, as you know by listening to this podcast for the last 53 episodes, real results. So whether you are an equestrian athlete yourself or you participate in another sport, learn how high-intensity, slow-motion strength training provides the keys to bring your athletic performance to a new level of excellence. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is uh, we have a big, big lineup here with us today. We have, of course, my my partner Mike, my business partner and and licensee out in Virginia, Nicole Gustafson, and of course we have our guest Laura Crump Anderson. Let me give you a little background on Laura. She she first of all she works for Inform Fitness. She's one of our trainers uh, out in Virginia. Laura holds a bachelor's degree in kinesiology and she has a concentration in exercise science. After she graduated. Uh, Laura became a certified personal trainer by the American College of Sports Medicine and continued her certification through the Informed Fitness Protocol. What makes her really special, besides all that already, uh, is the fact that uh, she is a horseback riding equestrian coach. I hope I said that right, Laura. From a very young age, Laura understood the importance of exercise also to improve performance in the saddle. So with her comprehensive understanding of all the specialized needs for equestrian riders, she, she fell in love with this high-intensity workout, which she thought really fit in really well with her passion and her first love. Having said that, uh, I think what I'm going to do now is hand over the rest of the introduction to Nicole, her colleague, uh, and they work very closely together. Equestrian riding is a very specialized sport, and, and just you don't have to be into equestrian riding or even know what equestrian riding is to benefit from listening to this, this episode. What I like to have come out of this is regardless of your passion, regardless of your sport, exercise uh, and the type of exercise is very important for that pursuit. 
we talk about these types of things a lot, but we're going to kind of talk about it in context of an actual sport. So no more theory, more less academic, in, in other words, and uh, more in tune with reality. All right. So, so uh, Nicole, hi. You will have to know what horses are, though. Yes. Uh, so, Nicole, um, please uh, say hello and uh, continue talking about Laura. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. The only thing I knew about horses when I met Laura for the first time was that I was allergic to horses and the entire equestrian industry intimidated me for a multiple of reasons. But about, I would say four years ago, Laura, who was 24 at the time, walked into my office uninvited, well-dressed, with a resume, and she sat down, and all of my immediate prejudices were in my head. Okay, I thought at first she's young, she is obviously well educated, may not be in the position to add to my team right now. Now, at the young age of 24, Laura. To say that she impressed me with her professionalism and her passion would be an understatement. At 24, Laura came to me with a very specific mission to bridge the gap between the protocol that Inform Fitness offers our clientele, and she had such great faith and education behind it that she came to me with a very specific mission in mind to bridge the gap between what we do at Inform Fitness and the equestrian community, not only in Loudoun County, but generally nationwide. So while she was talking, I grew increasingly intimidated by her knowledge, but I couldn't help but recognize that I had a 24-year-old, very presentable, very knowledgeable, very intelligent young lady with a five-year plan. Now, she had a five-year plan. I don't remember having a five-year plan at 24. I'm 53 and I don't have a five-year plan. (laughs) She came to me with a very, very specific passion and a wholehearted belief that she was bringing the gift of the informed fitness protocol to an industry that she had already committed herself to career-wise. And she sold me. In a half an hour conversation, I decided this young lady was going to have a glorious career, and I had to have it. I wanted to do everything I could to have her that that glorious career to be with me. And the pinnacle of this career is being on this podcast. So congratulations, Laura, and welcome to the show. <laughs> Yay, I've reached my height. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to be on today. And I really, really am looking forward to discussing the ideas of applying the informed fitness workout to sport-specific exercise. All right, so let's get started. Let's let's first, uh, for those that don't know anything about equestrian riding, maybe you can give a very brief description of what equestrian riding is, and maybe 
the demands of, of an equestrian rider. They're not just well-dressed, silver-spooned, rich people, right? I mean, they're actually great athletes. Absolutely not. So I joke a lot, actually, that there's such thing as a New York minute, but time doesn't matter nearly as much as it does in a busy equestrian facility. I mean, those people are up at 4.30 in the morning, you know, drinking a cup of coffee. That's probably the only moment in the day they're going to sit down and they hit the ground running and they're going all day long. No pun intended. No pun intended. So they have extremely demanding schedules. They have extremely demanding physical activities that they have to be doing throughout the day. And then on top of that, they have horses that are these thousand pound plus animals that they're working with and communicating with non-verbally. So when I graduated, I got my degree in exercise science, not because I loved working out. I didn't enjoy working out, but I realized how essential it was for me to be able to successfully perform in the tag, for me to stay pain-free and for me to continue to ride my horses. I actually now am exclusively working with people. I don't train horses anymore. There's one exception, which is a pony that I, it's a homebred pony that that's the one person I'll make an excuse for to teach lessons on. But I love working with people outside of the tack. Tell us how physically demanding being an equestrian rider is. Uh, I don't know. There's different types of equestrian riding, right? There's jumping, there's dressage. and Yes. So there's, the three main types in English is, you know, there's, you've got hunter jumpers, you've got dressage, and you've got eventing. You've also got bolting, um, Western, you've got trail riding. There's many different gamuts, but generally your riders have to be very strong in their upper back. They have to have extremely strong cores. They have to be stable through their seat. And then on top of that, you know, the day-to-day activity of standing in a ring for hours, teaching lessons. The people who are the weekend warriors who only ride their horse once a week, they have to be fit enough to compete that horse on the weekends or go ride that horse on the weekends and not get in its way. So it runs the gamut. I mean, you've got quite a diverse population in the equestrian community, which people think is such a niche market, but the demands are strong core, strong upper back, engagement through your lower body. There's people will go and do a trail ride on the beach in Mexico and they will feel sore for days afterwards. But learning to post the trot and things like that is extremely demanding on the lower body. If you're in a question ride and you're doing all this stuff, why the hell do you need to exercise? I mean, like it sounds like that's already exercise. So Exercising is different because exercising should be purposeful and that purpose should be to build muscle. We want to put muscle on your body because, you know, when you're riding, you've really got a very strong upper back, but your chest, on the other hand, the pectoral muscles, they are not nearly as engaged. So it's about developing the balance throughout the body so that you are a well-rounded athlete and not just strong on the areas that you're regularly working. You know, riders have really strong inner thighs. They're adductors. They can squeeze all day long with their inner thighs. Their glute medius and their glute minimus, their hip abductors get a lot weaker. And you can see a correlation between weakness in your hip abductors and your ability to control your seat in the sitting trot. So it's really important to think about your exercise program as something you do to build muscle. Exercise is 
not recreational activity. Recreational activity is things that you do in order to per- improve performance, not exercise. So exercising is a specific amount of time dedicated to the purpose of building muscle. And that is my definition slash informed fitness's definition of what exercise actually is. Despite the fact that you're working hard on a horse and you have to use a lot of muscles and requires you to be in great shape, really when you're riding a horse, you're really developing a skill. And it's really not necessarily good exercise. And as a result, even equestrian riders who work so hard to be an equestrian rider, they still have to exercise because the riding is not going to complete uh, their, their exercise protocol, if you will, their exercise needs. Absolutely. So I remember when we were talking uh, the other day about this, um, we talked about, for example, the lower back, right? Because uh, you insist that equestrian riders uh, use a lower back machine. Now, of course, uh, just to remind our listeners, we, we have our, our gyms are equipped with a very special low back machine that, that, that fixes the hips in place and really isolates the lumbar spine. It's very unique and uh, in many cases necessary to truly strengthen the spine. Otherwise, you end up doing a lot of uh, hip extension and not really attacking the lumbar muscles. So talk to me a little bit about that and the importance of why an equestrian rider needs to do the lower back machine. And let me just add before Laura goes into it, even though we're specifically talking about equestrian riders needing the low back machine, you can fill in the blank with any sport you want and this would work. So she's talking about equestrian riders specifically, but God, I mean, if you're a tennis player, you need to do the low back machine. If, if you're a soccer player, why do you insist that the equestrian riders do the lower back machine? The low back machine is absolutely one of my favorite exercises that we have in the studio because it does just that. It works and targets your low back directly. And I know so many riders who struggle with low back pain that this is one of the first things that has made a difference from them. They're able to get through the day without taking an NSAID pain reliever. They're able to strengthen their core in a natural way that's not medicine. And it really does help. You know, the demands of the equestrian is you're constantly going through a concussive concussive movement on the horse's back. You're matching the motion of the horse's back with the strength of your core. So your core has to be very strong and very stable, but it's still going to take a regular repetitive motion beating. It is more like working than it is like an enjoyable experience. You're really working your core every time you sit on a horse. And this low back machine, you know, the lumbar spine, the erector spinae, these are such essential muscles to keep strong so that they can stand up longer. They can you know, walk from place to place without feeling that achy sensation. Like I said, with the leg press, you know, sometimes they'll come in and they'll be like, oh, my low back is really bothering me. And maybe I'll, you know, I'll say, well, we really want you to get on this machine. You got to encourage someone to work a muscle sometimes when it's feeling achy. But, you know, six weeks into a program, they realize, oh, wow, this is my favorite machine. And it does make such a difference on my day to day pain. When Laura and I first discussed um, her joining the team on Inform, I immediately saw her as, you know, a ground floor foundational partner of our operation in Virginia. And when she said to me, what the equestrian needs to hear is that they need to exercise not for themselves, but for their horses. 
I said, Laura, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. And she said, but it does to the equestrian. Laura made it very, very clear to me that she does not want to be just a strength training instructor. Her mission from day one was very clear. I want to be a, an equestrian fitness specialist because I have found the product at Inform Fitness that the entire equestrian community needs. And she speaks their language and it's working. We actually have some very key community influencers who are backing Laura um, in her endeavor because they believe in what she's trying to do and they've seen the evidence firsthand. Not to mention that we have a young equestrian rider that Inform Fitness is sponsoring who is achieving greater accolades because of her training with Laura. So, you know, Laura's reputation as an equestrian fitness specialist is not only being recognized by the equestrian clientele that she has now, but it's also being recognized by equestrian trainers, the many farms that surround Loudoun County and Fairfax County, and not to mention many equestrian veterinarians are very interested in what she is doing. Because the stronger the rider, the stronger the horse and the less injury on the horse. So when Laura says to an equestrian, well, don't do it for you. Do it for your horse. That speaks their language, um, not necessarily mine. But you can translate that to any, you know, athletic passion, athletic sport. You know, you don't just do it to enhance your physical stamina or your cardiovascular health. You do it for your balance. You do it for the, for the protection from injury. Um, you do it for your family. I mean, you do it for, you know, you do it for everything. And it's not just about the strength of your body and the performance of your horse or the outcome of whatever athletic endeavor you're pursuing, it directly boils down to quality of life too. Life is not a joyride, but it's worth it. And it's these passions that make it worth it. And when you can find a facility like Inform Fitness that can both you know, bring you the skill set, the expertise of an instructor, and not only the confidence, I mean, we empower our clients to push themselves beyond what they thought they were capable. And we do that with the confidence that we have built through the rapport with that client. And that can translate to the equestrian field or whatever sport somebody is trying to get an edge on. You know, as Adam says countless times, we cannot create change without pushing our energy systems. And, you know, if we want to create change in our bodies so we can get out there and live the lives that we want and enjoy the sports and recreational activities that we want, then again, this boils down to quality of life, protecting yourself from injury 
enjoying the recreation to its fullest, enjoying your life to the fullest. And informed fitness is what gives you the tool uh, to do that, not to mention the safety and the time efficiency and the effectiveness of it, which really, you know, anybody who is an avid equestrian or an avid, you know, sports enthusiast in any way, or, you know, a professional executive, um, this gives them the time efficiency, the stamina, and not to mention the physical and mental empowerment to take whatever they are trying to do to the next level. Now, I can only say this for the equestrian community. My little knowledge of the equestrian community is that they are very change averse. And they dress funny. Stop saying that. No. (laughs) (laughs) They're very change averse and, and they are, I mean, cynics walk through our door all the time. Because what we are offering often seems, more often than not, seems too good to be true, okay? So what I am so proud of is that Laura has not only taken your average off-the-street cynic, but she has taken a successful equestrian who is very change-averse to open their mind, walk in our doors, take the leap of faith, and then burn the bridge behind them. They are completely sold. And, you know, Laura and I have discussed the challenge ahead of her from bringing such a change-averse community to open their minds and try something that completely goes against the grain of what they have been practicing in the past. But so far, she has been successful in that, and I welcome that and every effort it takes, because once we get that infamously change-averse community in the doors of Inform, it's going to be just as hard for them to leave. But it's also going to, what I like what you're saying is because, you know, I've always been, uh, people have always said, you know, you should go after the professional teams and the athletic teams and try to teach them about informed fitness. And, and I actually have said, uh, they're so steeped in tradition and, and the way they do things uh, that, that it, it's not worth our marketing time and efforts. We ra- I'd rather go after uh, people that would automatically appreciate this for what it's worth. So I've, I've always been a little resistant to, to spend my time going after those communities. Uh, equestrian being one of them. Uh, so this this could be the the wedge in a way and the entree into convincing uh, athletes that you don't have to work out every single day and, and do the crazy, you know, high force activities and overtraining activities to, to, to be a, a great athlete and to be in great shape. That is a really good note, Adam. I want to just add on a couple things. One is rest and recovery. That is mm. so hard to find the time for, especially when you're in an industry where you're expected to be going all the time. But you have to rest and recover. You wouldn't, you know, go and go and go. That's how horses get injured. That's how people get injured is continuing and continuing without yeah. giving themselves the time to rest and recover. And it, you know, being having someone tell you, you know what, the best thing you can do this afternoon is to take this afternoon off, I think is a much appreciated 
idea. It's hard to find the time to rest and recover as a athlete, but it's absolutely essential for continued performance. Mm -hmm. And we have to give a huge shout out to Haley Karsbecken, who is the Informed Fitness sponsored rider. She is a working student. She works hours of hard physical labor in the barn on a regular basis for a top level professional. And then she goes out, she rides her horse, she rides training horses. And then on top of that, she has to treat herself like the athlete that she is and find the time to rest and recover. She works really hard in the studio, but that's only one piece. Giving yourself the rest and recovery piece is absolutely essential or else people end up injured. And Haley's success have, has led to her being very successful in attack. She's gotten new scores in dressage. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. We can't say that informed fitness is the reason Haley is an amazing rider. Haley's always been an amazing rider. This is a piece that we are adding to her program that is making a difference. You know, on the flip side of Laura's young equestrian rider, which Inform is sponsoring, we have a client who is in his 70s, was kicked in the back of his, you know, right in the back of his spine by his horse. You know, we can all empathize how hard it was for him to um, get back on that horse. Now, having trained with Laura, for, um, I think, a period of about nine months now, I ran into him on the street the other day, and he was so excited to share with me that he got back on the same horse that kicked him on the back, and when he grabbed onto that horse with his adductors and stood up straight and strengthened out his, you know, really strengthened his core, and showed that horse that he was back in control, that horse actually looked back, looked him right in the eye and said, who the heck are you? And now that gentleman, that client of Laura's in his 70s is enjoying his passion once again and has every confidence that even with the horse that kicked him in the back of the spine, and put him out of the game, now knows who's boss. And he probably doesn't walk behind the horse anymore. No, we, just so you know, we, have a, we have a client also uh, uh, who's an architect full-time, uh, and oh, he, does, he does just uh, dressage over the weekend. He's a weekend warrior in his late 60s, looks phenomenal. And he, uh, he actually was here for years and then took a little hiatus, like you know, the prodigal client came back, and he said, he said night and day also uh, his, uh, his, his strength, his ability to control his horse is, uh, and he, he depends on his workout here and he doesn't do any other, uh, uh, no cardio, no conventional other exercise, uh, just, just this 20 minute workout here. So, and we're um, not trying to undermine what they're doing on the horse. What we're saying is that they are absolutely athletes already. We are adding a piece of the puzzle so that they can be as successful as possible. Is there an expectation, Laura, that you will over time be beating down your back no matter what, like the way runners oftentimes are beating down their knees or their backs or their ankles? Absolutely. I mean, this is something that you're going to strengthen your core and your low back to stave off the back injuries. You're going to do this so that you're 
being able to go longer without needing back surgery, without, you know, feeling that chronic pain, you know, our bodies are our bodies. And I think, you know, one of the lovely things about this sport is it is so accessible for anyone because there are so many different courses and you're finding your strengths. It takes time, but really early on, like the kids who aren't riding and want to do it, they kind of, they'll do it for a little bit, but then they realize this isn't what's right for them. So I don't know if there's necessary, like, I wouldn't say someone needs to be really tall to be a rider or someone I know some of the best riders I know are six foot six. And some of the best riders I know are five foot two. And it really, you know, our bodies do take a beating in the tack, but they absolutely need to be strong so they can continue to ride for as long as they want. And I know many riders, like you were saying with your knees for runners, they feel like they need to get fitter for their horses and they go out and they go running. And I'm like, you're already doing an incredibly amount of stress every time you sit in the tack on your body. Don't add to that. Do something that is not high impact so that you can be fit for your horse. And that's what Informed Fitness offers. It offers a safe way to really engage your body in the muscle groups that you use while riding and the muscle groups that are also underdeveloped. It's a full body workout that gives you a really good amount of increased energy is usually the first thing that people say. It's like, I'm exercising. I thought I would be tired, but they notice I feel like I can go for longer rides. I feel like that, you know, I'm not drilling as much because it's clicking sooner in my lessons. I'm getting a, you know, lifting up that hay bale to move it from one side of the barn to the other was less demanding on my body than it was three months ago. Like I feel like I have more energy and then it leads to the other aspects that really come with time, you know, really true hypertrophy. Now, there's no question. Like I think with this sport and any other sport, the more you strengthen your muscles and you, you prepare your joints for any activity, you're going to be able to a usually do it better, more efficiently. And B, I think what you're talking about is withstand trauma. And my point before a little bit was like, you know, say like you're running not to exercise, but you run because you run. A lot of people do. And then they get to a point where their knees have just been beaten down, but they want to do something that is that resembles that. So I would sometimes advise them, oh, why don't you try out cycling or something like that to make you feel the same way? Uh, you know, and it will substitute that recreational activity that is something that's fun for them. And I guess my question is, is there ever a time where you have to say, you know something, you know, we, <laughs> you know, this is beating you down on the horse and maybe we need to do something else. I honestly, my story is that I ended up with a serious overtraining injury without ever setting foot in a gym. The reason I got into exercise is because I suffered from so much chronic back pain and I was 16. It's not like I was, you know, 55 years old. It's hey, <laughs> nothing wrong with being 55. Was that old or something? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, actually, I went to a clinic yesterday, and this woman is 64 years old and jumping at a higher level than I've ever competed at. Well, 64. I mean, that's different. That's old. <laughs> Hey, remember we had a 75-year-old on last week, you know? That's amazing. No, but like I do think that, you know, the oldest Olympic athletes tend to be the equestrians. We 
our horses are absolutely athletes. The riders are athletes too. But, you know, it takes time to become at skill and develop this to a level. It's not easy and you're not going to do it unless you're dedicated. But at the same time, I know the first thing that if I told a rider they needed to stop riding, I would be the first thing they dropped. It would not be the horses. Like uh, that has never crossed my mind. I tell them, you know, this, if this is what you want to do and you know, 55 is the perfect target market for me. I got injured very young. Most people are able to sustain the beatings that they take young. I wasn't. It led me down my path. But at the same time, you know, the riders who are just starting to get to the point where they're not regenerating their muscles or starting to atrophy at a greater pace, those are the riders that absolutely need to be in the studio strength training. So let me change gears just a little bit. Balance, because you know, when I th- when I think of equestrian riding, I think of balance, right? They have to have incredible balance and sense of space where they are on the horse and jumping. I mean, I know I, I've ridden horses before, and uh, <laughs> boy, that's that's hard. It's hard to stay on a horse. <laughs> well, like everything, you know, it's, it's I, skill development. I've like been, uh, man, I am not, I am not good at it. Anyway, is there is there a particular type of balance training that you think needs to be done or is it just about riding the horse? Okay. So I do not think that standing on a ball or an exercise ball or any sort of balance movement translates to fitness in the tech. Recently, I've been really busy and I've gotten into yoga and I have to stand on one foot in yoga class. I could never stand on one foot in my whole entire life, but put me on Four legs, I have a lot better balance. The best way to get better at riding and develop more balance is by riding your horse. The skill does not transfer from one event to the other. That being said, putting muscle on your body, the proprioceptors, the thing in your muscle that hold your balance and tell you where you are in relation to the ground are in your muscles. So that's another reason I say, Well, it's not just to increase your ability to be balanced. It's also to increase, you know, your defense against an actual fall. You want to be as strong as possible. You don't get stronger and more balanced by standing on a ball. You get stronger by exercising outside of the tack and you get more balanced by spending the hours in the tack improving your riding. Amen, sisters. Here's, here's a real life example of that. Here's a real equestrian rider that's actually saying that. So it's great to hear firsthand experience because we always talk about, you know, the fallacy of balance training uh, and how it doesn't transfer. And uh, it's nice to hear you uh, that you've experienced that as well. That- and I can now stand on one foot, but it doesn't transfer to riding the horse. So uh, another thing, Laura, I want to talk about. And of course, you can't talk about exercise and complete wellness without nutrition, bringing that into it. And I just kind of find it ironic based on our conversation we had the other day that, you know, horses are treated like princes, right? And and princesses. I mean, they have the life, you know? Well, they do a lot for us. They do a lot for us, but they have a life. They are taken care of. And, and not, not a single gram of food uh, goes into their body that hasn't been accounted for and parsed out. So again, what's the take on, on equestrian nutrition? Are, are equestrians, do they take care of themselves? Uh, I remember talking to a dancer and a professional dancer who was, in, who was in the dancing industry for a long, long time, classical dancing. And she was telling me that 
dancers, like they smoke packs a day of cigarettes. And I couldn't believe that such a demanding type of job would, would they'd actually be smoking. So are there, how, how's the lifestyle of an equestrian ride and, and how do they eat? And if, if you can generalize like that. So I definitely think this is an important topic to cover because your what you put in your body becomes what you are and you really do need to eat healthy. That being said, with demanding schedules, riders tend to put themselves on the back burners. They take care of their horses, they feed their horses right, and then they go home and eat a frozen pizza or you know, figure out what else it is that is the easiest thing, top ramen, to eat. And, you know, a lot of people can undermine their athletic performance by not feeding themselves like the athletes that they are. Eat real food. So they're just like everybody else, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, sports nutrition is nutrition with the word sport added. But is there a weight requirement? I mean, do they have to watch their weight? I mean, like you talked about, it doesn't matter how tall you are or how small you are, but it probably does matter if you're a question right how heavy you are. I mean, there's guidelines to be advised and followed, but I mean, jockeys have to be a certain weight or under a certain weight riding. They used to actually, to try and even out the field, make the lighter riders carry heavier weights to balance it out, but now they've kind of dropped that because it really, really they don't has put weights shown in the saddle anymore. They no longer have weighted saddles. They've pro- that was a thing like in the eighties. Love the oh. old days. Huh? I remember that. Day. I thought, that, I thought yeah. that was still going Princess on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Fascinating. Mm. No, it's so, and I mean, the sport has been examined by, you know, studies have been done to prove these things and it's it would be nice to have more studies done on the importance of athletic performance but they they're out there there's some out there that shows you know improving your i mean sports nutrition is one that you can absolutely research google get advice on all the time um one thing it's you know drink water when you're thirsty don't just drink the performance enhancing gatorade because it tastes good and don't feel like you need to drink all the time because hydration doesn't have a direct correlation with heat stroke. Like you can be perfectly hydrated and still face heat stroke. I'm thinking of that right now, just because we're in summer. I got really sunburned yesterday and I saw people, you know, drinking a lot of sugary beverages, but Gatorades or things like that, try and find a real food option. I would much rather have a client drink a bottle of water when they're thirsty and eat a banana than, you know, go for that real sugary concoction very good all right so there you have it questions don't have to eat any differently than the rest of us there's no other special requirements there just eat, like you said laura i mean that's what i always say just eat real food perfect well you know i can't even add to that i'm going to let it end right there i want to thank everybody for coming on the show mike nicole well said laura thank you so much that was so insightful and uh you brought the point that we've been making countless times on all these episodes you brought the point home for us once again and i appreciate that thank you so much thanks again to laura crump anderson and nicole gustafson from the Inform fitness virginia locations for joining us here on the podcast There are several informed fitness locations across the U.S. To find a location nearest you and to cash in on your free 20-minute once-a-week workout that is backed by science, click the link in the show notes to informfitness.com. Once you're there, you'll hit the Try Us Free button on the homepage, fill out the form, pick your location, and enjoy a slow-motion, high-intensity, full-body workout in just 20 minutes for free. 
If you don't live near an Inform Fitness location, you can always pick up Adam's book, Power of 10, the once-a-week slow-motion fitness revolution. It is just a click away and available at Amazon. For less than 15 bucks, you'll find exercises that you can do in your own home, starting with some great nutritional tips to help you build that muscle and burn the fat. We'll have a link in the show notes to Adam's book as well. You know, we have interviewed several other authors over the past 53 episodes of this podcast. Many of those authors have their own audiobooks available through Audible. We'd like to offer you, Inform Nation, a free audiobook download just for listening to this podcast. Simply click the link in the show notes to audibletrial.com forward slash inbound. That's audibletrial.com forward slash inbound. Sign up for a free 30-day membership trial to Audible. Then download any book they have in their library for free. If you like podcasts, then you're going to love audiobooks. Give it a shot. It's risk-free for 30 days. Audibletrial.com forward slash inbound. Now, we hope you learned a lot this episode and that you'll join us again next time for the Informed Fitness Podcast. For Adam Zickerman and Mike Rogers of Informed Fitness, I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network.